Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to gather us into this place around your word and around your gifts, we pray that you move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in the promises that you give us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus had just come from Jerusalem. He was standing in Jerusalem with his disciples, answering questions of the Pharisees and answering questions of everybody that came to him, and they were ready to stone him, kill him, bring him to death. Because he said he was the Son of God. Please, anytime ever you hear anybody say, Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God, point them to the Gospel of John. Let them read over and over and over again where he says, I am, I am, I and the Father are one. And then he says, do you come to kill me for the good works or because I said I am the Son of God? And they were ready to kill him for that. But in Jesus' normal fashion, he made his way right through the crowds and out across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing people and he remained there a few days. Teaching, talking, living with folks. Out there, across the Jordan, outside the city, outside where everybody was going to cause trouble. And then he gets this word from a dear friend, a word sent from Martha out to him, out there in this pseudo wilderness area. And it says, Hey, your friend Lazarus is sick, he's dying. Come see him. These next two lines always confuse me in Scripture. John writes, Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So he stayed where he was for two more days. I don't like this, Jesus. I don't like this timing. I don't like hearing that our Lord knows of a loved one that's sick and says, yeah, I'll be there. Let me take a little time. I have a feeling you don't like that either. Because I'm pretty sure most of you have walked through that exact same scenario. Knowing that a loved one is sick, whether it's at home or in the hospital or old age or whatever the case may be, whether they're young or not, whether they're emotionally sick or physically sick, whatever the case may be, we cry out to the Lord, Lord, this one whom you love, this one whom you've wrapped in your promises, this one whom you've baptized, this one whom you have claimed as your own is sick, come heal him, her. Be with this child of yours. Come speak hope into their life. Come show them that you are the Lord of life. Come bring breath into their lungs. Please. And sometimes he does. And it's beautiful. And other times he says, yeah, I'll be there. You're going to have to wait a little bit. I don't like that Jesus. I don't like that timing. I don't like how that feels. I don't like the uncertainty. I don't like the waiting. I don't like that aspect at all. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around those verses. 
It's hard for me to wrap around a Lord that waits on his timing and doesn't jump at the chance to breathe life back into lungs that are ailing. And looking at most of your faces, I can pretty much say you don't like that Jesus either. And it's hard to say that for us. It's hard to watch our Lord do something that we don't like. But I guess that's kind of the thing. He doesn't bend every whim and wish of our likes and our desires. He's Lord. We're not. So he waited two days. And then he looks at his disciples and says, hey, let's go back to Judea. And they went, no. They were just ready to kill you. Why do you want to go back there? So they have their conversations and finally on their way. And Thomas stands up and says, fine, let's go die with him. So they make their way over to Bethany, to Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And before they even get to the town, Martha wakes up Mary from seating and weeping and everything else that she was doing with the folks that were around mourning and consoling her because her brother has been dead four days. Martha runs out says, Lord, if you had only been here, if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you had only been here, we would still be celebrating with him like we have in the past if you had only been here. Have you ever said those words? Lord, if you'd only worked through the doctors a little bit more. Lord, if you'd only pointed them to the right medicine. Lord, if you'd only brought a different voice into their life. Lord, if you'd only done something that would bring life in so I would still have my loved one with me. Lord, if you'd only been there. I think what's hard about this text is that there is Absolutely every bit of our reality and circumstance in the middle of it. It's something that we can connect to so amazingly closely. So it's a hard text to walk through when we see Jesus encountering death. But there's also a beauty in that because before he ever even encounters death, he encounters mourning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, not M-O-R. And I he encounters sadness. He encounters grief. He encounters weeping, which he did, standing there with Martha as they stand outside of Bethany, and he hasn't even made it to the house yet, hasn't even made it to the tomb yet, and his heart aches and breaks for his beloved brother that has died. Mary comes running out as well, and as the family that's there remaining is gathered together, Jesus weeps with them not just because they're weeping, but because his beloved friend is dead. It's okay to let death be bad. We don't have to gloss over it. We don't have to put a silver lining on it. We don't have to tiptoe around it. Death is bad. Always will be. Always has been. It's not a part of life. It's the antithesis of life. It is not a part of anything that God had ever designed originally. In fact, it was only ever coming into the world because of sin and the curse brought on creation. Know that death is bad. Jesus weeps because of it. 
as he stands there with the family weeping. Martha still says, yet I know that whatever God asks you, Jesus, he's going to do for you. He says, your brother will live. Which is actually what he had told the disciples before, too, before they even left the river. He said, oh, this sickness won't lead to death. Well, it doesn't look like that. So she says, yeah, of course, Lord. I know and trust. I believe that he's going to rise on the last day. She says exactly what we say. I know and trust, Lord, that my loved one is going to rise on the last day in the resurrection. Get those beautiful words. Jesus standing right there looking in her eye. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am everything that Lazarus needs right now. You trust in me that he will live because of everything that God will do through me? Well, here I am, standing here in front of you, the life and the resurrection. I am the one that is going to bring life into your brother's breath once again, life into his lungs so that he would breathe and eat and live and laugh and play with you again. Here I am. If you had somebody say that to you, would you say, yes, all right, or would you go, really? Because I haven't seen you do that yet. Remember, we know more about Jesus than Martha did. We can look back and say, how come she didn't get it? Well, I bet if we were in her shoes, we wouldn't have quite got it either, and we would have been saying exactly the same thing that she said. They make their way to the tomb calls for the stone to be moved away, and Martha says, hold on there, buddy. <laughs> it's not going to be pleasant. He's been in there four days, Jesus. There's absolutely no breath in his lungs. There's nothing there at all. There is nothing there to even revive. He's not sick, Jesus. He's dead. He's going to stink. reality of death. It stinks. It's bad. It's terrible. He knows this. I mean, what... How much would you want to have to relive that? Not at all. They've already started mourning. They've already done the ceremonies. They've already done the funeral. They've already done the burial. They've already done everything to put him in his honored proper place because of what had happened. It's done. Let it be done. And Jesus says, no, I will not let it be done. I'm not letting it be finished. Open up the tomb. Because when Jesus encounters death, he's pointing out to everybody that he isn't the doctor that came along, but he's the Lord of life. So when he encounters death, not only does he weep and mourn because of it, he steps into the middle of it and conquers it changes it, turns it on its head so that you would know that death isn't the thing that wins. Jesus may not come as quickly as we want him to sometimes or do exactly what we want him to do sometimes or answer the prayers that we think he should answer sometimes, yet it doesn't mean that he's given up. He never gave up on Lazarus. He never gave up on Mary and Martha. He never gave up on any of them, but he walked into the middle of the situation to live with them in the middle of the situation, to cry with them in the middle of this death, and then walk into it. He changes. 
call out Lazarus, those very same lungs and lips that spoke life into creation, then call out the name of his friend Lazarus to bring life and breath into his lungs, to speak into his death and call him out of it. It's not that he was just a little dead or mostly dead. He was all dead and brought to life raised from the dead, brought back into life. Can you imagine that for Lazarus? He's going to have to die twice. But imagine how bright the sun would have been. Imagine how beautiful his sisters would have looked. Imagine how good food would have tasted. How beautiful the flowers would smell. Imagine how beautiful all those things would be after the Lord of life just called you back out of the tomb and raised you to new life so that you could live along with family and friends once again and enjoy the days, enjoy the nights, enjoy the time and fellowship and friendship with everybody. You've been called into that very same new life. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. Not mostly sick or mostly dead. You were dead in sins and trespasses. You had no place before God our Father. You had nothing. And then those words baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sins washed away. Christ's life handed over to you. His baptism handed over to you. His inheritance handed over to you. His death handed over to you, but in his death there is life because he not only stayed dead but rose from the dead and then hands you life so that though you die, yet you shall live. That new life that Lazarus walked around in for a while, you walk around in that new life now. Eternity is yours now. Things should look brighter now, we see the creation in a different way now because of what God has done for us through Christ for you so that you would be absolutely a new creation. Resurrected. Don't fear death. Don't fear death for your loved ones. Jesus has already spoken into it. He changed it. So, though he may not come as quickly as we want him to and change things as fast as we want him to, life remains for you because of Christ. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that you have given us through your Son, through Jesus. That you are not the author of death, but the author of life. That you have brought us life, that you have given us life, that you have handed over to us freely the gift of life. We want more years and hours now in that life, yet you have gifted us life into eternity. We pray that you would give us the opportunity and courage to share that beautiful promise with more and more so that in love they may hear of your life handed over as a gift. That we would have eternity together. So that we would rest in your promise, the new creation, redeemed and restored in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.